How often do you look for treasure in life scars? In what ways can we look after our mental and emotional health? And who are you having open and honest conversations with? Welcome to the Kintsugi Hope podcast. Today we have the privilege of having Patrick and Diane with us today. But first of all, before we get on with the serious stuff, we're going to do a little icebreaker. So I want to ask everybody here, if you were going to a desert island, which one thing would you take with you? Patrick? Um, I know the right answer is the Bible. Um, so the Bible? <laughs> Honest answer. Honest, Honest answer. Um, I'm not going to take a helicopter, am I? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, one item. I would take a rubber ring. So uh, I could, clever. I could, clever. I could swim away. That's and cheesy. Float to, no, it's not. I don't think that's cheating, no. That's clever, no, I know. Yeah, that. that's the one. Diane, what would you take? take? Photo took... of me? Or... No, I'd take... <laughs> <laughs> take a knife. Oh. That's a bit severe. <laughs> <laughs> because if I was going to be on there for a while and had to survive, I'd want yeah. to be able to cut things down and make things. I'd want to make home. That's I'd really want to make like, a chair. I'd want to make somewhere to sleep. <clears> I'd want to make shelter, especially if it's somewhere cold or it's too hot. Um, it would be able to. You've know, been watching Bear Grylls again. No, yeah. I'm You've been secretly watching Bear Grylls. I might then start what you did. fire with it. You know, it would be a very useful, practical thing. And also defence in case it was a. You know, there's a scary animal. Exactly. That's a good one. Oh, so that's yeah. why she's the operations yeah. manager. Because she actually has something sensible. <laughs> mine sounds mine sounds bad. I was just gonna take the Uber Eats app so I can get food once a once a day travelled in. That was mine. Mm. That was mine. So I couldn't what, cook. Well if there wasn't phone reception. Yeah, I was, I was gonna, gonna say, say phone, but there's no phone yeah. reception. No. You're literally on a desert island. Okay, Wait. a recipe book. A recipe book. Mate, you can hardly cook pasta. What are you talking about? <laughs> Joel cooked pasta today. He was really proud of himself. He came in. What, it was pasta with pesto, pesto pasta with Miami. barbecue chicken. And yeah. cheese. And cheese. Which you bought from the shop, by the way. Calm down. I didn't even know that part. <laughs> we were really impressed with him. He's, he's, he's very So good. I would take a rubber ring. You would take a knife. You would take a recipe book. Yep. Patrick, you still got to decide. I would um, take a photo of Diane. Oh, that's but that's not going to save you, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> as much as it's will. lovely. <laughs> can't win, can't win. <laughs> that's really funny. Um, so, enough of that. Um, we're going to be looking today at resilience. Um, it's one of the topics that the um, Kintsugi Hope Wellbeing Groups look at. I want to start by asking you both, how would you describe resilience? I think for me, um, resilience, uh, I always think about it as thriving in the midst of adversity. Mm. What I think resilience isn't, which I actually think is a really important point, is I don't think resilience is just keep going. I guess I had that stereotype image of resilience when I was a kid. You know, I, my generation, we were like Rocky. Remember Rocky? You, you, guys, no. you, you guys remember nothing. We're too young. You're too young. <laughs> um, Rocky was the ultimate boxing film, and it was like that sense of boxing. You just, just get punched, and he just managed to get up all the time and carry on and somehow I thought that was resilience um, but I actually think now resilience isn't about avoiding pain it's not about going around pain I think it's in the midst of all the stuff that happens in our lives is being able to thrive and keep going mm. how about you? I agree <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that the going through and keeping going is important I think um, in my looking at resilience I used to think that it was 
um, if you're able to live well and keep going and cope, then eventually what you're going through will end and everything will be okay. But actually, that's not reality for so many people. You still have to be able to keep going and live well and be okay in the midst of the storm. Yeah, and I think that's a really important issue around mental health because a lot of people um, come up to us and go, you know what, I get it, it's okay not to be okay. Mm. But actually, I'm living with anxiety. There's no magic wand. Um, I haven't been healed from it. But I still want to thrive. I still want to do well. And, And I think that's what you're saying isn't it in the midst of that that's actually finding that sense of resilience mm. and actually sometimes our strengths can be our weakness as well mm. and I think Diane turned to me the other night um, and we were talking about all my leg operations and all the stuff that I've been through and she went you're a really resilient person and I was like no I'm not I'm a complete wuss and blah 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 but she said you know the fact is we've taken all the rubbish that's happened in our lives and not gone oh we're really glad we went through it because I find that a bit mm. hard um, I'm not sure we've ever said that we're glad that we went through it. Still not at that place. We're still not at that place, no. But we can recognise that we've taken the lessons learnt in that place. Yeah. And obviously created Kintsugi mm. Hope, which is a beautiful thing for loads of people. Mm. Mm. Um, so in the course, we look at resilience being a muscle. Mm. And for a muscle to grow, you need to have regular things to do it. You don't go into the gym once, you've got a strong muscle, it's a regular mm. intake. <laughs> you wouldn't know, would you? Oh, come on, oh, come on. Massive. Rocky over here. Done. Um, so how do you grow this resilience muscle? So when we look at it as mm. seeing it as a muscle, there's things that the muscle would need. So going back to the, mm. the gym uh, scenario, you've got to regularly exercise it. And in order for it to grow, it has to break a little bit. And then Mm. in that breaking, when it then heals, it then grows back stronger than it was before. Then the other important thing is in order for it to be able to grow back and heal, it needs to have a time of resting. So if you put that into the analogy of life, then we go through life, we go through times where we may feel broken, we've been stretched, we've been really challenged, we've had to grow. And in that breaking and in that stretching and in that growing, we then have to have a bit of time and space to be able to relax and recuperate and recover and that's when the strength comes and that's when the ability to grow (laughs) comes from it so when we were talking this morning actually weren't we about being having pushed and challenged and stretched out of our comfort zone and although it's painful and although we don't want to go through it that stretching and that growing is actually essential to help us better cope and develop and and prepare for for what's to come because life Mm. isn't always going to be easy there's always going to be more challenges around the corner Mm. no matter how much we prepare and how much we try to make life as easy as possible there'll still be those challenges that come in so it's, it, it's being able to deal with it yeah so um, when we look at this and you talk about how you can have a relaxed part of it to yeah. let the muscle grow when you're in that hard place when you're in that part where you need the resilience how do you find relaxation in that how do you find the parts where you can sit back and relax i think it's changing perspective isn't it mm. it's not just looking at the storm it's be able to find an oasis within that storm. So in the Christian context, it's knowing that despite what's going on, you have still got that safety, you've still got that security of knowing God is there. And even though, or maybe you're looking at the analogy of being in a boat tossed around, not having a clue where you're going to end up, it's knowing God has gone before you, God has gone and he's surrounding you, and wherever you end up, he's, he's going to be there. And it's letting go of the trying to plan and trying to prepare and, and being in control. It's letting go of that control and resting Secure in the knowledge that God's got this and you don't have to deal with it all on your own. I think it's realising that life doesn't is never going to be perfect. Yeah. Mm. And I think that um, <clears throat> sometimes our biggest critics are ourselves. 
And so when people are going through a tough time, they often go, you know, oh, I should pray more, I yeah. ought to do this, I must be that, you know, the shoulds, the must, I oughts. Mm. And actually, a lot of it is is around self-compassion. And, you know, I've often said, you know, self-compassion and self-indulgence are two really different things. Mm-hmm. Self-compassion is talking to your best friend, talking to yourself the way that you would talk to your best friend. Mm. And it's actually learning some of those disciplines um, and learning the way that we think and <coughs> taking note of the way we think is actually really important. But I think the key is, is, is not to deny that something's happening. Mm. You know, acceptance of where you're at is always the first part of freedom. Mm. And sometimes I've met so many, particularly Christians, who are like, you know, um, just name it and claim it. I deny it's happening. I um, mm. rejected the nativity. And actually, you know, Paul in Corinthians was like, I don't need to be informed, brothers, of all the hardships yeah. we're going through. And so we've got to accept where we're at, but realise that isn't the final, that's not yeah. the end of the story. We don't mm. stay there. We don't have to get stuck. Um, this whole idea of journeying is really, really important. Yeah, and um, what you said about acceptance. Acceptance is key. Um, I remember you telling me something interesting about concentration camps and acceptance. You could talk about that. Well, Diane did more on the research when we were researching the groups. We um, really cheerfully looked at how to survive a concentration camp, um, didn't we? And one of the things was is around uh, people that went into the concentration camp with optimism um, it's all going to be okay, you know, um, actually didn't last very long. Mm. And it was the people that accepted the situation around them. Um, and it wasn't mean they were completely depressed all the time, or that's not w- what we're talking about, but there's a sense of the, the acceptance of reality. And then they did different things. What are the other things they did in order to survive? It's fascinating, isn't it? So they'd find a meaning and purpose in what they're doing. So even though they may never have got out of the concentration camp, they thought, okay, well, while I'm here, I'm going to use my skills of being able to teach singing, to, to be able to encourage other people wow. around me so they had a meaning or a purpose while they were there to just do what they could with what they had. Um, another thing was... Um, finding contentment as well. So even little things that... Uh, so when we, we talk about um, Corrie ten Boom, who was in a concentration camp in Ravensbrück in the most terrible conditions, but even the lice in their room, they found contentment and something positive about it because it meant the guards would not go into their room. Yeah. So they had relative freedom. So it's finding the little things that you can be content with or, or seeing good in, in the little things as well. OK, so how do... How does faith and resilience work together um, in those moments where you're trying to find that strength to go through each day? Um, how does faith come into that? <laughs> looking to you. Um, looking to me, yeah. No, um, I, I think uh, the main thing about faith is that when I became a Christian, that was the last decision I made by myself. So that sense of that you are not on your own, Um, that God is with you within the pain and the anxiety. And, you know, one of the things that I suffered from, uh, not so much now, but used to was insomnia. You know, I tried everything. You know, I listened to some of your preaching tapes and that that didn't even work. And, um, And... it literally tried everything, and I remember there was this verse. Everyone was like praying for me. There's this verse in the Bible that says about God gives His beloved sleep, and that just made me feel even more bad because then mm. I think I'm not even God's beloved anymore. Uh, and then I found this verse in Psalms that says that He's kept track of every tear in the night and every toss and turn. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, maybe God's with me in the darkness, you know, and and that sense of being there. And uh, and I think that so often. Uh, t- 
we when we know that we're not on our own mm. that um it makes such a difference and uh, and for me there's in terms of recovery um there's been three things that really helped me um there's a psychologist who i've forgotten his name now which is a bit annoying but he says in recovering from something there's three three words that he says one is um personalization um not everything that happens to you is your fault and if you're going to recover you need to realize that because we take everything so personally and and i know i do and, and often that's the case with people who have been through abuse and all sorts of things um it's all you know they take it upon themselves personalization not everything is your fault and the belief that everything's your fault is, is wrong um pervasiveness which means that one area of your life you believe that one area of your life will affect every area of your life um, and the fact is, you know, we've often talked about this because I'm an all or nothing think person. You know, it's like the end of the world. We have a slight argument. Um, it's the end of our marriage as yeah. we know it. The reality is, you know, I should have got up and made the cup of tea and not dying. And, or, or it's normally over something ridiculous, you know, and suddenly we blow it up. Um, and one area of your life, just because you're struggling, you know, for me, sometimes if I'm struggling with the kids, you know, the kids are struggling with me, <laughs> more to the point, um, I don't know what to do, I feel like I'm mucking it up. Well, that is a big part of my life, but it's not the whole of my life. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes in recovery, you need to understand that. And then the other thing is, um, the last P, if you like, is permanence, is nothing lasts forever. Yeah. Uh, and again, when you're in it, it's really hard, isn't it? Um, when we were going through the operations and, you know, Diane was my carer and, and all that sort of stuff, it felt like we were going to be in it forever. And we kept on saying to ourselves, you know, nothing lasts forever. And I think that's what hope is. Mm. And and like Diane's already said, people that do well are people that have a sense of purpose, a sense of hope. I think people also that keep to their values. I'm, I'm a real sort of values guy. You know, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. Keep going back to what's important to you. Um, that will make you uh, thrive in the end. Yeah. <clears throat> so good. Um, something what's come onto the scene recently, what I know it would be really interesting to talk about is ACE. I know you know quite a lot about Dan. Well, I don't know lots, but um, ACE stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. So mm. it's something that came out of North America and um, the NHS in Scotland have taken it on board as well. So what they're saying is, is I think it's about that there's a, a series of um, instances which, as a child, you've experienced them, such as a, a parent who was a, um, an alcoholic or took substances, um, if you've experienced abuse of any form, whether there's been um, poverty or neglect, uh, through whatever reason. And um, if you've got four or more of these experiences, then it will have an adverse reaction on you um, and affect you later on in life. So it could affect you in your physical health as well as your mental health and emotional health. Now the good news is that if that child who has um, experienced any of those uh, instances has got an adult that they can trust and talk to, then the, the effects later on in life are completely gone. Mm. And in the same way, even as an adult, if you're somebody who had those sort of incidences happen to you when you were a child and you're now in your adult years, again, if you've got an adult you can trust and you can speak to, yeah. then it can completely mm. um, affect you in a positive way. So, yeah, it is, it's amazing how um, this research is now being found. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's got some, um, there's some people who don't agree with it, there's some people who don't like it, so it has to be treated really carefully. Mm -hmm. But it, it is interesting mm -hmm. research. That shows the power yeah. of relationship, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. In yeah. terms of 
building strength to yeah. keep on fighting, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we can't do it alone, that we need relationship, whether that's with yeah. other people, but particularly yeah. for us as Christians, we believe that relationship mm. with God is so important. Yeah, that connection um, that we're all yeah. wired to have and build. Yeah. And I think that, that community, you know, um, is absolutely vital. And, you know, I've often been speaking a lot recently about Jeremiah 29 verse 11, which is one of the most famous taken out context verses in the whole of the Bible. Mm. You know, I've got plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you future and to hope. Everyone reads that and goes, oh, great, you know, that's my career sorted. Um, mm. But actually, the key thing about that verse was it the you in that verse, I've got plans to prosper you, was uh, means you all. It was plural. Mm. It was like, it was you as a community. Mm. It wasn't simply about you and yeah. your career path. Um, it was written to a people in exile, yeah. and it was written as a response to Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 28, you've got a prophet called mm. Hananiah, who basically says to the people in exile, you know what, it's all cool, you're going to be out of exile in two years. And, and we always want the quick fix, right? Mm. Well, everything is quick, instant. And actually, Jeremiah comes along and goes, you know what, it's not two years. It's going to be you know, 70 plus years. Yeah. And yeah. you're going to be there, and you need to plant gardens. You need to get married. You need to hang yeah. out with each other. You need to pray for the prosperity of, and peace of the city. Mm. And as you do that, and as you do it together, I'll give you hope. Yeah. So hope becomes something bigger than just feeling yeah. good about yeah. my career path. Mm. Um, you know, I'm sure God does want to bless your career path and all that sort of stuff. But actually, it's about in the midst of adversity. It's not denying what's going on, but within that community, without being together. Yeah it's starting to dream again. Yeah, definitely. So, um, before we end, what would you say are some actionable physical things people can do who are trying to get more resilient or going through something hard? What are some actionable things they could do this week to take away from this? Um, I think you can divide it into different sections, really. I think there's things physically you can do. I think um, there's loads of stuff around, you know, getting into nature, um, exercise, sleeping well... Um, getting community around you, maybe thinking about starting a prayer triplet, having people you can be open and honest with. Um, there's emotional things you can do to improve your emotional mental well-being. You know, we talked about self-compassion mm. um, uh, as being a real the way you talk to yourself. Mm. Um, talked about the way you think. You know, question your thoughts. Um, don't just let a thought come into your head and accept it straight away. Maybe mm -hmm. question it. Um, is really really important. Um, we always talk, don't we, about get curious about what you're thinking about. Um, dying mm. when I was in my major time of going through like a depression, anxiety phase of my life, which lasted a long time. She would go, uh, "Your mind is not your friend. Don't believe everything you think." Do you remember mm. that? And um, and I think those sort of things as well. Mm. We can just start to do that. But a lot of it comes through relationship, like it's already been said. You need to have the people that love you enough to ask you the tough questions mm. um, and uh, but but ultimately it's finding that hope and purpose I think you know um, yeah. I think if you can do that you'll do okay have you got any tips yeah I would just say that remembering that if you fail it, or something goes wrong it doesn't mean you're a failure it means yeah. you're human yeah. and it's absolutely normal to have things go well and it's absolutely normal to have things go bad and it's just as much undeserved good as there is undeserved bad and it's remembering that mm. and that when you go through the tough times it's normal and you're just going to grow and you will come out the other end and there is hope nice well yeah. thank you guys so much for coming on thank you for coming all the way from the desk opposite we appreciate you both um <laughs> if you do like this podcast please make sure to like and subscribe wherever you guys are watching this thanks so much for taking time to watch and we'll see you next month goodbye